0: It's the Noble and Roos Show, brought
1: to you by BallIsLife.com and Dash Radio.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Noble and Roos Show, hosted by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. It's your boy Roos Williams. I'm here with my guy Zach Noble. And today we have a special guest coming all the way from North Carolina. Uh, we are, we're going to be speaking with Big Pooh of Little Brother Pooh. How you doing, man?
2: I'm
1: good. Can't complain. How y'all doing?
0: Doing Doing awesome. Awesome. Living, living. So the reason that we have Pooh on today is because Pooh has the internet on fire, got the internet going nuts. Uh, Last night, amidst the new Russell Westbrook trade drama, whatever you want to call it, um, (laughs) Pooh tweeted out, Dwight Howard wanted out, Chris Paul wanted out, now Russell Westbrook wants out. Are we ready to have a real, honest convo about Harden or not? So, Poo, I'm gonna let you take it away, man. Give me your take. Give me your reason. What we're doing
2: here? Nice, honest, brutal conversation. <laughs> Where do you stand yeah, on man.
0: this?
1: Yeah, man. I, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I knew it was going to get out of hand in certain certain ways, but a lot of people took it. You know, first they were correcting me. Chris Paul didn't want out. Whether he wanted out or not, who knows? He was gone. He was shipped out. That's all that matters. And you know, my point was that nothing happens with personnel on that Rockets team without James Harden's approval. Like that's just the way the NBA works. That's the way superstars in the NBA, that's the privilege that they have. So you have a hall of a future hall of famer in Dwight Howard, a future hall of famer and Chris Paul, who's still one of the best point guards in the game. And now possibly a future hall of famer, in Russell Westbrook, all leaving or wanting to leave. And, you know, people want to put it on management or whoever, but it's not just management. Like, if this your guy and he's one of the best players in the game, he is. I'm not doubting that. Like, why are people not wanting to play with him? Why are other stars not wanting to play with him? They don't have that problem wanting to go play with LeBron. They didn't have that problem wanting to go play with, you know, Steph Curry and them. They don't have that problem wanting to play with Kawhi. But James Harden can't keep another star or superstar teammate and questions need to be asked like is it the way that they play basketball in Houston and obviously that may change this year because Mike D'Antonio isn't there Dermorey isn't there but James Harden also has been playing this style for more than a few years now so he's gonna have to get used to playing basketball a whole nother way which could take some time so it's just something about Harden in Houston that isn't making sense and you know for all the people talking about oh you know they didn't want to pay Chris Paul all that money they decided to pay Chris Paul all that money and then they traded Chris Paul for somebody making the same amount of money with an extra year on their contract who isn't better than Chris Paul that that doesn't make sense either and, you know, and I, I just think a lot of people get mesmerized by Harden's numbers, which are phenomenal. And in the leading scoring category every year, you know, shoot the three like nobody business, do all of that one-on-one ISO ball, and they they mistake them numbers, them gaudy numbers, for team play. Easy,
2: and, <laughs> and
1: he and he's been exposed every postseason. While ah. you you get away with that in the in the regular season, you don't get away with that in the postseason, and they're one shot away from not even getting out of the first round of the playoffs this past year. You know what I mean? Like there are James, ironically, a James Harden block of Lou Dort, (laughs) who shouldn't even had the ball. (laughs) Lugans. <laughs> you know they—they'll—they're they, a James Harden block from being eliminated out the first round this year. So I, I'm just—I just, just want to have a conversation, like what, what's right. going on in Houston, like what's going on with James Harden in Houston. Why mm-hmm. nobody wants to play with James Harden?
2: So I'll, I'll go, and then I'll let Roosh step in here and break it down on his side. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm not going to try to unravel it all right now, but you're not wrong. He definitely deserves some of the blame. But going back. Do stars want to sign with him? Yes, a couple do. They got Dwight Howard. He got Chris Paul. But let's think about it. I'm one of those guys that put more of the blame on Maury and MDA, um, and I'll get into that in a bit here, um, and put way less of it on James Harden. Um, I think he's way better in the playoffs than people make him out to be, and he's proved it time and time again. But I personally, the biggest take in all this, I'm a strong believer James Harden has some of the worst talent that's ever. Top end talent, yes, and fit-wise, mainly fit-wise. He's never had a team in my estimation that's been actually good enough to ever win the title. Rush will disagree with me to the end that that. 2018 team was good enough, uh, but I think Golden State would have won anyways. I really do. Um, I truly believe that. Yes, the Rockets were arguably the second best team that year, and they were a couple of years. I think they would have beat Toronto, for instance. I think they were a better team than the Toronto Raptors team that won. I think the Rockets' run is one of the best dynasties that have never won. I truly believe that, and it, the numbers back it up, and there, there's levels to winning. There really is. And James Harden's never had the same amount of talent as any of the other top seven players in the league, and I will put that to the core. Like I strongly believe that. However, you got all these other stars that have played with James Harden, the three or four that we mentioned, they're not perfect individuals either. They have flawed personalities themselves. So it's like, one, they don't fit playing style wise; two, they don't fit personality wise. So the fact that they gave Chris Paul two years, I mean, that says a bit. I mean, Dwight Howard wasn't at his peak. Russell Westbrook wasn't at his peak, but they played really, really well at some point in the season. And a lot of people ignore that. They put that to rest. They don't even mention that. They just say how the playoffs turned out. Yes, because Mike D'Antoni didn't fucking put in any structure and let them play how they were playing at their peak. They just went back to, oh, this is the guy that just came back from injury. Let them try to figure it out on their own. No, they need a coach that's going to give them a little nudge. And Harden played completely different under the Kevin McHale years. I personally believe he would have played that way under Mike D'Antoni at times, they might have gotten a little further and had a little more success. Uh, But at the end of the day, there's blame to go around on all sides. But I put most of it on Maury and MDA specifically, the fact that MDA was never able to make changes in the playoffs and adjust.
0: All right. So, Pooh, in case you didn't know, I'm from Houston. I watch all 82. I've been doing it since the 90s, whatever.
2: Yeah, I watch all 82.
0: There you go. So, there's a lot that you're saying that is that is correct. It's not like you're wrong. Um, and I want to start with the things that I agree with criticizing Harden, because a lot of people on, on Twitter, when I light the Internet up, I get a lot of a lot of random kids coming at me saying, oh, you love Harden, blah, blah, blah. No, Harden has his flaws. Harden has some major flaws, right? Uh, Harden. He started as a different player under Mikhail. And then Mike D'Antoni unleashed him and turned him into a totally different guy. And that had positive outcomes, but it also had negative ramifications, right? It unlocked him into this this wild offensive force that we see today. But at the same time, it turned him into this player that exclusively relied on being that, right? He kind of forgot how to play off the ball. He doesn't even really have any interest in playing off the ball. And I think that hurts the team. You know, like it kills me when I see Harden do like a lazy ass little pass with like the little English on it out of the double team and it gets stolen and taken coast to coast or whatever, right? He does a little lazy pass and then he, he doesn't move. Whereas um, on the contrary, you can see Steph Curry will pass and, and he's gone and then he comes back and he's making the defense move. And like that opens so many things up because it's basketball, right? It's not 2K, it's like real life basketball. So you're right about that. Uh, is he running people out? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've tweeted this um, a while ago. I'll never forgive him for damaging the relationship with Chris Paul. I'm not in the Rockets front office. I don't know if you know, Harden straight up went to Maury and said, get this guy out. I don't know. what. Yeah, Who said
2: it wasn't Chris Paul asking to get out too.
0: I don't think Chris Paul was asking to get out. I think Chris Paul, man, look, I'll say this. I watched them who Chris, Chris Paul was having fun. They were both having fun. You know what I mean? It got to a point and, and I'll get there. I'll get there with Chris Paul. I think that it basically, it got to the point where in the playoffs, Harden looked over and said, yo, this isn't the same guy. And if you look at his numbers, it backs us up, backs it up. His numbers were terrible. And he he really only showed up in the Golden State series in 2019 when they lost in the second round when KD went out.
2: Hey, Blake Paul, Blake and DeAndre had some fun for a hot minute too then and started hating his ass as well. So. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not get twisted.
0: No, no, no. You're you're right. I mean, I'm look. Chris Paul, both Chris Paul and James Harden have their you know the ways about them that turn yeah, people. Yeah,
2: none of their personalities are like the picture perfect guy you want to play with. I mean, absolutely. You can throw, want- like you could throw even Jimmy Butler into that type of crowd. Sure. I mean. Every it's very hard to find a star player though that isn't like the ultimate teammate besides maybe but, Steph Curry. But listen, I mean, but l- think of that player. Give me that player.
0: Well, hold up, hold up. Let me let me finish my take, my son. I did not in- interrupt you. Let me get it off. But the, the point is, right? It worked with Chris Paul. He ran him out. That was his biggest flaw as a teammate, in my opinion. People point to Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was on the decline when he got to Houston. He had that first year that was decent. He had a really good playoff series against the Blazers. And then after that, he went down. A lot of people don't even remember that year that Harden showed up, came up second in the MVP to Steph Curry when the Rockets went to the Western Conference Finals. Dwight Howard missed 41 games in the regular season. He really wasn't even there. And then in game one of the series against Golden State that year in the Western Conference Finals, Dwight Howard sprained his knee. And so he wasn't the same. So people forget that. And in addition to that, before that run, Harden lost his point guard. Pat Bev didn't play a game that postseason. And he lost starting power forward to Nadez Montiunis. So he He has this conundrum where he can make, like, he'll he'll drag nobody's to high places, right? You hear, I mean, Pat Bev got a contract because of Harden. Harden took Josh Smith to the Western Conference Finals. Josh Smith, by the way, was one of his better teammates. So when you look at it, it's like Dwight Howard aging, not that good. Josh Smith was on the same team. He was out of the league, I think, the next year. Chris Paul, even when Chris Paul came, he was past his prime. Uh, And now you got Russell Westbrook, who is just a bad fit because he can't shoot like the the type of undersized, super explosive athletic guard like a Steve Francis, you know, like a Dennis Smith Jr., like those types of guys like Russ. They're just not they're falling out of favor these days. John Wall, because they can't shoot. And the game has spread out so much. So when you look at it, Harden has only had two all star teammates in his eight seasons in Houston. Twenty five percent of his seasons in Houston, he has had an all star running mate. That was Dwight Howard in his first season uh, in Houston. And it was Russell Westbrook this past season, and Russell Westbrook got injured. You know, a lot of a lot of people point to that, which I think there's some validity to. He got injured, so he's really only had one playoff run with an All Star teammate, and like put that in perspective, right? Now, what he is again culpable for, and he's responsible for, is his inability to work with people. He needs to show a desire to do the different things that you need to do to win. He, I, I saw, I think HP Basketball Matt Moore said this. He said Harden never has those moments where. You see it in him. He's like, "Yo, fuck this! I'm gonna go win the game." And he That's changes it. how he plays. And and like you, like I always, I always tweet this. I'll say, "I play with more desperation at 24 Hour Fitness sometimes." And I see James Harden with. You <laughs> like know what I'm to, saying?
2: That, to that point, like you see LeBron and Jimmy Butler. Like we talk about Harden playing into NBA scheme and not going back to the way he needs to play sometimes in the playoffs to make those adjustments on himself. If you're truly as good as you say you are. You should overpower the coach, no matter what the fuck he says, and get down to work and just make it happen. You know, and, that, and that's Jimmy... and
1: that's part of my that's part of my thing, right? So while while there is there is fault with Mike D'Antoni, always been, you know, since his days in Phoenix, we've known this.
2: He's capped. He's got a cap. He,
1: he's he's de- he definitely has a ceiling. But as a superstar, James Harden, you know, I, I just look at other superstars and how much of that they would have let continuously happen repeatedly you know we saw how fast Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving got Kimi Atkinson up out of Brooklyn um that was we cool, all it. I didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I mean we, we we don't we don't have to like it necessarily For but sure. we just no, saw, right. we saw it in action we saw how many coaches LeBron went through to mm-hmm. get to the one he he felt comfortable with so so that's so so then it comes it becomes a question and obviously I can't answer it because I'm not DeAntoni I'm not Harden, but did it become a thing where Harden was comfortable with the way DeAntoni allowed him to play? Therefore yes. or too, you comfortable.
2: Know, yes. too comfortable. Too comfortable. Therefore, too comfortable.
1: he didn't he didn't request change like other players would have requested because you know ultimately LeBron goal is to what? Win championships. So he's gonna keep cycling through players, coaches, teams, <laughs> whatever he has to to get that championship. For sure. Whereas it seems like a player like Harden got very comfortable with the style of play that De Antonio allowed him to play. Therefore, he didn't. I don't want to say he don't care
2: about winning championships, but it doesn't come across that way. Like, like it's desperate, like everything on the line is this
0: one of my opinions to that to that effect, Pooh, is that he leaned on the system so that he was – to basically absolve himself of being responsible, right? He's like, yo, I did what the system is, so it's not my fault. Sorry.
1: Right. That's one thing. Yeah, if you
2: listen to – If you listen to every single one of Mike D'Antoni's press conferences, though, after the game, he's just like – Got the the shots. Exactly. Always blamed him. The shots didn't fall. Not what we could have done better, not where we went wrong, but it's always the system. They never said the other team was better either. It's just – our shots didn't fall. It was pretty straight. And it's forward. frustrating. Every, it's frustrating yeah. because
0: Harden didn't used to do that, bro. He used to go cook. He used to go do that spin, move, step back, midi. He, like he used to do different things. He wasn't just dribble, 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 step back, three, bang. It wasn't just that. So that I blame Mike D'Antoni a lot. Now, I mean, James Harden's a grown ass man. So <laughs> it's his fault too, right? Like, but, I, it's not like I'm trying to that, stick up with
1: James Harden. But no, that's, that's the thing though. Like, so, and, and this is why I think a lot of people got my comment kind of out of context, right? Like, I'm not blaming all of the winning or losing on James Harden because that's also a coaching issue, right? That's also a GM issue with who you surround them with. So that can't be all the players' fault, no matter how much pull they have within the organization. I'm saying, why does it feel like players will come and then after a short period, they go? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily the wins and losses, because even, like, the year Chris Paul pulled the hand me, like, that's unfortunate. It's an injury. Like, we can't control that. Yeah. So who knows what they would have done in that game seven. But all I way. know is following Chris Paul's out of here. He's in Oklahoma City now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and regardless of, no, he's not in his prime anymore, but they got rid of the better player. Like, that was the, like, you really got like, that didn't even make sense from a front office perspective. So like you got rid of a better player for a player. That's a worse fit and terms. costs more money.
2: So I get where you guys are coming from. And like, for me, like Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul are two of my favorite players all the time. I do like Harden, but I like those guys better personally. I personally think I understand why they did it. I think, They thought their ceiling was met with those two players and James Harden. They didn't like playing together. They just reached this milestone where Chris Paul keeps breaking down. They're getting a younger guy in Russell Westbrook, a guy maybe they think could raise their ceiling because of the unknown, not because he's a better player necessarily at that moment, but just because more so unknown, they're comparable players like Chris Paul. It wasn't that much better than Russell Westbrook. He still isn't. It's just ceiling wise in the unknown, but mainly chemistry. But I get why people are upset. I hated the fact that they gave up so many picks. And then if you look at Dwight Howard, I think they got rid of him basically because he just broke down and that ran its course too. Now this one with Russell Westbrook, that's what I want to ask you guys about where you're at with this one. Because me personally, it's weird from Russell Westbrook's side that because he had to approve this trade. To Houston. He was really that, excited about this. You know what you're getting when you're going to come play with James Harden. You know, like, you've been in the league 10, 12 years. You've been playing against each other all this time. You, know, you have to know. be patient. Like, you understand the situation you're going into. But your his self-awareness kicked in at the end of it when it, the season ran its course. Even though I don't think they're giving it their full go right now. I think they're giving up on this way too early. I think they're both 100% on the same page. I don't think this has any to do with chemistry or anything like that. James Harden, they're they're hanging out. They're buddying up. They're posting shit on Instagram. They're good. It's so just it, being it's not self-aware. Personal, no. isn't It's, not it's personal, being Cameron, self-aware, but it's taking a road, like the easier road out, I think. I think Harden just doesn't really care that much about winning as he does as playing to the best of his abilities. I think he's so self-aware that he can – he can't play to the best of his abilities in this pairing and in this organization right now because of all the other dysfunction going on too. That's an indictment on Harden too, then. <laughs> like because I think I, Harden, I, I think Harden understands though that they can't like they don't fit together. And he's like, if this dude wants out, maybe I get another chance of but something that's, that will actually fit that will play to my strengths better.
1: That's where my antennas was raised, right? So. We can we can all dismiss the Dwight Howard thing, right? We can say he wasn't the same. You know, he got hurt that second season, and you know it took him a while to bounce back. Then he hurt his back, right? So we can we're tossing him out, right? CP3, that's one nobody. Everybody's like, what? Why? Why did you do that? Russell Westbrook is the is the one that really made the antennas raise because. You have a new GM. You have a new coaching staff, which means you're more than likely not going to be running the same offensive system. For sure. And you're still not willing or don't want to see if y'all can work together under a new offense that's not, maybe not ISO head.
0: So let, let me unpack. We we just touched on a lot. I'm going to try to can, unpack it.
2: Can I go one little tidbit here? Yeah. The, real quick, and then you're going to go on all of your everything. So I think, <laughs> I think it's over. I'm sorry. I think they... They it had is. this plan, master plan together, Russ and Harden. I think Russ came first because I know they can get more, and Houston will be able to get more. But Harden's not demanding his trader request till Russ is out. But they came to this agreement together. They both wanted out. They both thought they have a chance. I think there's a deal in place, or they were really close with Westbrook. But Harden knows he wants out too, and but he'll think about it because he loves Houston. He's a loyal dude at heart, but he's going to think about it depending on who they bring back. But I think deep down, Harden's ready to get the fuck out.
0: So I'm going to try to touch on all of that, and I think you're right, Zach. I think that, Pooh. To your question, it's not personal chemistry; it's basketball chemistry. So what? Because I was, I was having the same thought. I was reading these things, and I was like, "Well, wait. You know, Westbrook wants out, but why is Harden so cool with this? <laughs> like, Harden really? released a statement saying he's, oh, I'm locked in for a year, or whatever. Like, hmm." obviously in my opinion, they had a conversation and Harden was like, look, bro, if you want to go get it, go get it. I'm going to stick it out one more year and then I'm out. Maury's already in Philly. We already been chopping it up on text. And so I think that, I think, Harden home, just, bro. I think Harden just told him like, yo, like it's all good, man. If you want to go, like go. Cause I'm about to get up out of here too. And I think that's what's going on now about the basketball, substantive basketball on court, you know, whatever issues between Harden first and foremost, I think it stems from both of these guys have being forced to be in positions where like the NBA, it's changed now, right? It used to be the point you had like guys by position, point guard, bring it up, call the offense, you know, kick it out to the two, you run the motion, whatever, post somebody up, whatever. Now it's just like somebody brings the ball up and we play 2K style, you know, you run through the same guy, every possession. And so these guys get used to doing everything for their team, LeBron style, right? Handling, shooting, dishing, everything on every possession. And those guys were polarized in that way. Westbrook had to do everything for OKC when uh, the season that Durant left, and I don't think he ever like changed after that. He became that player, and like that's what he is. And Harden became that same thing when Mike D'Antoni got to Houston. And I think they're both like too polarized to, to coexist. I think they know that. Now, the solution, in my opinion, was always just run Russ as the point guard and run a more traditional offense so you force Harden to play off the ball. I, I really think it's that simple. And I really think right. it could actually still work, and they could be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. maybe a couple pieces away from really contending. Um, but that's an indictment on both of them. Now, again, they might have a conversation in place where Harden said, Hey, I'm getting out of here. But if that's not the case, or even if that is the case, in addition to that, I think it's an indictment on both of them that they're not seeing this. Like, yo, we gotta play right. off the ball. Right? Because if you watch them when but they're they off the did, ball,
2: though, for a tad bit.
0: But they stand, right? When they're off the ball, they stand. They don't play the They'll go stand crazy. in the corner. Yeah, yeah. they just like Russ just stands there, or Harden will just stand at half court. Um, and I also think what what shattered the Rockets offense, right? Russell Westbrook can't shoot, teams doubled him, teams doubled Harden, dared Westbrook to like be the guy and he couldn't, right? So how do you solve that? You fucking put the ball in Westbrook's hands and you run Harden off the ball. Right. Obviously Harden doesn't seem, well, Tony didn't want that first and foremost. And then second, I don't think that Harden had any interest in doing that. Steven Silas hopefully could get something like that going because that's the solution. Feeding into that, I think that's why Harden and Westbrook don't work. Um, and I think that Harden and CP three, I think Harden soured on CP cause he got to that God mode status, right? Where he's like, yo, I'm dropping 35, 36 a game, whatever it was that that season, he went crazy. And he's looking over and Chris Paul playing 58 games per season, both times he was in Houston, 58 on the dot each season, both of those two seasons breaking down. And he probably just looked over and like got pretty cocky and was like, yo, this, like I'm literally scoring two times more points than this guy per game, you know, like, Get this guy out of here. I'm trying to win. Was he premature in making that judgment? Yes. yes. I, trashed I trashed the trade as soon as it happened. I was livid because I've never really been a fan of Westbrook's game. Like I respect it, but he's not, it's not winning basketball at, in 2020, in my opinion. But yeah, so I think Harden looked over. That's what he thought. Um, at the time, some people are going to argue and say, yo, CP looked like he lost a step. He couldn't take Kevon Looney off the dribble, yada, 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 which is oh, true. Oh, he did. And, uh, he, and he did. And so that, I think that went into Harden's calculus when he was like, yo, get this guy out of here if that's what happened. And it's unfortunate, man, because it all like unraveled and like now we're here
1: and it It unraveled quickly and now my Twitter is going crazy uh, because of how fast it unraveled. Like I said, man, none of of what I said was to, you know, disparage Harden as a player like he's not a bum, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) he's an MVP, he's a scoring champ, an all-NBA player, he's all those different things, but. You know, even the late great Kobe Bryant said, "I understand why he was playing ISO heavy, but that you're not going to win that way.
2: For sure, like
1: that's not how you win." And that's where, like you said, if if they would have just made the small adjustment of, okay, listen, we see they're running doubles at Harden every time he touches the rock. Westbrook, you got the you got the ball. Go downhill. Do what you do best. Go downhill. Find an open man. Harden's going to be in the corner. P.J. going to be in the corner. Just go downhill. Just be Russell Westbrook. And instead of let, allowing him to, to let him be Russell Westbrook, they tried to turn him into a jump shooter, like a, a three-point shooter. And that's not who he is. You go stand in the corner and shoot threes. You know. And, yeah. and, and I remember Kevin Durant saying something when he first got to Golden State. And this is not an indictment on Westbrook the player, but just on how – they played offense in um in Oklahoma City with Scott Brooks. This is why I don't like Scott Brooks in Washington, but that's another conversation. Yeah. But he said, when I passed the ball, my first practices in Golden State, when I passed the ball, I would stand there and they would stop practice and say, No, when you pass the ball, you move, you cut, you get out the way, you um, make you create space. And he said he had to retrain his mind to play that way. That's why I think people have a hard time with Harden is because now you're relegated to a statue Mm
2: -hmm. standing
1: beyond the three point line while he dribbles endlessly at the top of the clock. And more than likely it's going to result in one of them step back threes he takes. So it's just like, it's, it's hard for a player. I can see why a Chris Paul would get frustrated. Not that he needed to have a ball in his hands the whole time, but it's like, come on. What kind of yeah. – this is in the offense. This is – we're playing a glorified pickup game at the Y. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just just think, like, if they would have just kept Capella, you know, they would have had a Capella versus the Lakers. It could have been a whole different series.
2: Yeah. Just I one think, big – I think they just needed a big in general. I, I love that trade because I liked Rocco, and I thought he was super valuable for him in the playoffs and whatnot, and a better player than Capella. But they just needed a big, like any sort of big, and they never even – considered playing one ever since they made that trade. Um, I that mean, was, they, they only had one on their roster
1: <laughs> and that was Tyson Chandler.
2: <laughs> like, hey, don't forget that's my, that's my boy Isaiah.
1: Well,
0: listen, Isaiah <laughs> Oh no, they cut him. They cut him um, at some point and he didn't, he didn't end up on the roster, but he oh, should have, right. Antonio should have given him run, you know, just regular season run just to soak up minutes. So I was going to point to the, there's there was a game in the second season that Chris Paul was in Houston Where James Harden was out, it was in like February, maybe. I'm gonna say February, March. I think March. James Harden was out. Rockets played the Warriors at full strength, and I think they played them in Golden State.
2: Yep, I remember this. They beat them.
0: They beat them because they played a whole different style. CP3 was playing old school basketball. He had 24 points, 17 assists, if I remember correctly. And so that proved and showed to me, hey, Mike D'Antoni knows a different way to play, but he's not doing it. So the, the only reasons for that are either one. He doesn't believe that that's the best way to win, which is stupid. Um, and he doesn't even adjust at times to implement pieces and portions of it to kind of switch things up when the three ball is not dropping, which is also stupid. Or number two, James Harden doesn't want to play like that. And Mike D'Antoni knows that if he tries to switch things to play like that, he's going to piss off James Harden. And so he chose to appease James Harden. That's my opinion. Um, I can't I can't think of a logical step beyond that.
1: Yeah, which so- you say makes sense because it it, it goes to how the playoffs unfolded with Westbrook. Like you have a player coming off injury who isn't a known three-point shooter and yet and still time and time again, where was he at? Standing in the corner behind the three-point line, jacking up three-point shots. And it's like there's no adjustment being made. You're not going to make any adjustment to to reconfigure how you run and throw, uh, you know, mess up the Lakers plans a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean, no. like you, you're playing right into how they want you to play. So I, so I agree. Like it, it's either you shown, you know, you can do it another way. Unless that was all Chris Paul's doing either. It was that or you didn't, like you say, you didn't want to interrupt what you had with James Harden. Cause you knew that it was too late to try to pull back at that point. Sure. Like right. I, I allowed you to play this way so long. It's, for me to try to reel you in now is going to be a problem.
2: I think that's more the case. And Mike just kept preaching it. And I mean, just stick to the system. It's going to work. It's worked over time. We've, we've been close and just shots need to fall. They will fall if you keep playing that game, make that next pass. But it never worked out. Um, let's get to a couple of these Twitter questions. But last thing I'm going to say is you mentioned um, Kobe Bryant talking about this style of play and usage. Kobe. MJ, LeBron, even Kawhi Leonard, you name it, they they were up to 36, 38 percentage usage. When they dropped down to about 32 to 34, that's when they won their championships. That's those are the years they won when that usage percentage dropped. Last couple of years under MDA, he's been around 40, 42. Like Harden when he's made the conference file, like some of his years under uh Kevin McHale, he was at about 32% usage. Like you got it. It's just a tough way to win and tough way to not be dead ass tired when you get to the game seven and whatnot and be able to you, you, keep moving, move off yeah, the ball you, and whatnot. You you got
1: four other people out there with you.
2: right?
1: <laughs> that's also getting paid. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's It's just wild because like when you hoop, you know. If people move off the ball, like oh, look in basketball, you just got to scramble a defense. You yeah. don't have to do some magical crazy shit. You just got to make them think twice for a half a second, and then you you blow by them, or you know someone blows back on a backdoor cut by them, and space is open. That's all you got to do. When people and I kept saying this to, to Rockets Twitter, and I got a Rockets Twitter always hates me when I do this, but they 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 were so defending defensive and, and stuck to the idea of what D'Antoni was doing. I was I was trying to point out like, yo, if the defense knows that you're not going to use right. this whole mid range area. And they don't have to guard it.
2: Still gonna step back and take a third I mean, quarter. Yeah, I
0: mean, like just just logistically think or logically think about it. Like you're you're telling them, yo, you, you don't have to guard this. Don't worry about it. And they're like, bet, you know. And and so then they just guard
2: you, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Best case scenario right now for Rockets. How do you see this play out? I mean, what's what's the best realistic trade or what should the Rockets be going for? Pooh in your mind.
1: I mean, the Rockets got to decide what, what kind of team they want to be going forward. Are are they about to go into a rebuild or? This is a you know, figure it out on the fly, or is Harden really leaving? <laughs> like they gotta kind of figure it out because you know, Hard, I mean, Westbrook is the worst contract of the two. Um, and so I don't see many teams biting for what it's gonna cost for them to acquire Westbrook. Um, and not even in picks or anything, but just in money, like what you're gonna have to send back to get a Westbrook who's going to be like 41 million this next season. So the only logical place I can see him going where Oklahoma, I mean, where Houston can actually get some assets in the form of either young players or um, maybe picks is New York.
2: So the I, Garden, I agree. I think there's three places and there, I think all of them should be considering this heavily because they haven't been, I mean, really that relevant. They need scoring, they need offense, they need anything excitement. I think it's a no like no brainer if you only have to give up one asset, really. And that's New York, number one. I think they don't have to give up very much. I mean, if best case scenario for Houston there would probably be getting Mitchell Robinson. I don't know if they'd even give that up, or maybe even getting the number eight pick. And then in that case, it's like, uh, Harden's not gonna like that, he's gone too. Um, so it's kind of just deciding cause Harden's just throwing it out there that he's playing cool in the background. So he's not the bad guy in Houston and people still love him on his way out because they, he wants that loyalty. You know, he wants that love, but Houston's got to make that decision. If they're going to go the New York route, the other two teams are Charlotte and Orlando. I think they can actually get one to two good players for Russ uh, because, you get like Devontae Graham or Miles Bridges in Charlotte, that's ideal. You almost could be better than you are with Russell Westbrook. Where Orlando, if you can pull off Aaron Gordon-Vooch or Evan Fournier, one of those type of guys, which I think all those players are pretty realistic. I think Russ still has two or three great years left, and he could drag one of those teams to the playoffs immediately, in my opinion.
1: I can see Orlando, but I can guarantee you Michael Jordan ain't making that trade.
2: Ooh, he's a Jordan athlete. Jordan, a good, a
1: Jordan, Jordan, didn't want, Jordan didn't want to play Kemba Walker. He's definitely not going to want to play Russell <laughs> Westbrook. That's <laughs> I mean, so, a good
2: point. It's a
1: good point. <laughs> but but I, I can definitely see it, Orlando. I can see it because they actually have pieces that would help Houston right now.
0: I think, honestly, my first gut feeling is that the Rockets are going to have trouble getting good value back for Westbrook. Um, I do think that, you know, small markets... Like don't underestimate the interest of a small market to get a guy like a star like Russell Westbrook just so they can put some some seats, some some people in the seats, you know? Ass in the seats. But some butt cheeks in them seats, baby. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, there's COVID, so maybe that's less of a, a concern <laughs> yeah. right now. You know what I mean? So good point. But who, who knows? Um, realistically, I don't think that they could I just don't see a good enough package that's realistic that would keep Harden around. It would have to be something like, I don't know, I mean a pipe dream for me would be like Zach Levine, for example, yeah. which, I mean, I just can't That's imagine. Team
2: that, I, I think is a possibility that I didn't mention. I just can't
0: imagine Billy Donovan took that Chicago job thinking, hell yeah, I'm going to coach Russell Westbrook again, regardless of what Harden, Harden wants to do in the future. I think the formula, and I always have thought this, the formula for Harden, we always focus on the offense, right? We always focus on what he does on offense and the dribble, 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 and 0 for 27 and all that. He actually started D up recently though. And he really like legitimately started Ding up. Um, and I've, I've always seen in his career, he's been on three teams that have finished top 10 in defense at the end of the season. Okay. To 2011 to 12 on Oklahoma city, they were ninth, I think in defensive rating. They went to the finals. 2014 to 15, the Rockets were seventh in defensive rating with a, with a shitty roster, 75% of which, if not more, maybe even like 80 to 90% of which is no longer in the NBA and was out of the NBA within like three years of that season, seventh in defensive rating went to the Western conference finals. And then the third team that Harden's been on that was top 10 in defensive rating was 2017 to 2018. The Rockets were seventh in defensive rating. They went to the Western Conference Finals, and that was going to be the year, obviously, Chris For Paul sure. got hurt. So what I'm saying is, I think the formula is James Harden and a top 10 defense. I think we, like, even I obsess on the, the offense and the mid-range and all that. But the fact of the matter is, when he's got a good defense, he's so damn good on offense. And he's so good at making other people that aren't really that good useful and, and passable, at least in the regular season. That if you give him a top ten defense, no matter who it is, no matter if it's Russell Westbrook traded for people like Evan Fournier and Vucevic or whatever the hell. Um, by the way, I'm not a fan of Aaron Gordon fitting with the Rockets, but that's a different. Really,
2: sport. I think he'd be awesome.
0: Uh, man, I, I just don't think he's all that good. I think he's like one, I think he's like Rudy Gay without a mid range shot. But um, I think he's
2: a good defender, though.
0: Uh, well, we we can get there, but uh, my more point fun is, get...
2: watching Russ throw him lots.
0: Yeah, but you give him a top 10 defense, man, and and the Rockets could easily go to the second round. They could even sneak into the Western Conference Finals. And if he's got the right roster top to bottom, and if Steven Silas is the truth and Harden really actually is locked in, they could make like the Western Conference Finals or go further. I don't know. He just needs a top 10 defense. So anything could happen.
2: I completely agree. I mean, and that's the problem, though, with these teams. Normally, bad teams don't have good defensive players. That's just how it goes in the NBA. You look at all those teams we mentioned, really, it's tough. The guys that are good defenders on all those teams that we mentioned, maybe Miles Bridges could turn into one. He'd be a great fit, I think, in Houston. But then you go to Orlando, you got Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Jonathan Isaac, no way he's going to be involved and he can't play all of next year. And then you go to Chicago, it's really Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter. You're not getting Wendell. They love Wendell there.
0: You might get Thad Young and Otto Porter. Exactly. The Rockets have Robert Covington. They have P.J. Tucker still. Eric Gordon's oh. still there. He's pretty good defensively. I, I, I'm not a fan of him offensively these days, but he's still pretty good and stout defensively. Daniel House is fine defensively. They have an infrastructure. If they get a couple of the right pieces to be like that hard-nosed, gritty-type
1: team that grinds it out, you know. This is where a Mitchell Robinson will come into play. He'd be the this dream, is, this the is, pipe this dream. Is the, the pipe dream. And, and he can, they can bring him along like they did Capella. But um, does New
0: York give him up? Why would they do that?
2: I
1: personally so because New York is New York, <laughs> and they need their name after Thanks. after how many years has been since they've been striking
2: out on big names. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And a couple of big New York insiders. I mean, Alan Hahn was just talking about this. Like they haven't been relevant. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. Melo was the last guy they signed or they traded for him. They haven't signed a big name free agent. I think since Amari, so Amari you gotta, of yeah, you got to exactly. start with, you got to start somewhere. And by getting a big name and attracts, it shows you can still do that. And so I think New York, it's a no brainer. If you don't have to give up anything really besides, I mean, even Mitchell Robinson, I would do that. I mean, I don't think he's got all-star potential or anything like that. I just think he's a really good starter for a long time to come.
1: Listen, New York really don't have any untouchables. Let's just be honest. They uh, I do, like RJ, do, but
2: no. I mean, you, a-
1: if if you want to say RJ, but after if like really looking at that roster and watching them play, who do they really have? where you say, right. "Nah, we can't trade him for a superstar. Bobby Portis, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Portis, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So even if you keep, even if RJ Barrett is the non-starter, right? It's like no, we we're gonna. That's the one player we're gonna hold on to. If you're um if you're Houston, that doesn't matter to you. Fine. Give me, we're gonna give you Westbrook, give me Mitchell Robinson, he's the key, and then give us other pieces so we can make this money work. Julius Randle, that's it, really. Yeah, that's that's all you're really doing at this point is give me pieces to make the money work. And I I think if they have
2: Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, they're better than they were with Russell Westbrook. I truly believe all day. All day. (laughs) I, I agree with you.
0: Zach, is there any chance? Is there any chance Milwaukee lets go of Chris Middleton?
2: Uh, no, <laughs> I think uh, the only other team that's been rumored out there is the Clippers. I would love to see Russ in LA with. Is
0: there any steam to Paul George being in that in that equation, or do you think there's no? I think there's I, no chance. Call me
2: crazy. I personally think Russ lifts the ceiling with Kawhi more than Paul George does. I just think Paul George doesn't have the drive. And I think Paul George is way better in Houston. That would be a. Well, I was <laughs> going to say, I would drop off. dead for Houston there.
0: Playoff Pepe, man. Look, I know he's like, it would, it would. Un...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would. Oh, man. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> Look, a, it would
1: yeah. be. It,
0: <laughs> it would unleash like the walls of slander with Harden and playoff P on the same team. Oh, they'd burn it, it up in the playoffs. It, like it would, it would, you know, the slander on Twitter would be wild, but like theoretically the fit look when the like Pacers made glove. him available, like a glove, bro. Harden needs that six, seven playmaking three and D wing. That can also be like a superstar and give you 20, 25, 30 you Two know? years ago. Like,
2: Paul George was the most versatile scorer in the NBA scored different percentages from more spots than anybody in the league. And he's still pretty close to that now. I
1: think that'll work because Paul George's game changed once he started focusing more on being an offensive player versus being a great defender that can provide okay. you with a lot of offense. It, going to Houston, I think he'll be able to go back to playing the way he played in Indiana and the way he kind of played um, before he got hurt in OKC where it's you're going to guard the best player every night. And then when you open, we need you to knock down these jump shots. We don't need you out here trying to create. Mm-hmm. We don't need you trying to initiate offense. You're going to be the finisher, defender and finisher. I think that would actually work out well for him now. That'd be dreamy. I-, I think it would
0: be amazing. Very. And I And I think that... Paul, Paul George next to Kawhi is tough because Kawhi is not that guy like Harden. Can, Harden can just take right. the brunt of the offense and just do it. And I think, I think Pooh's got a really good point. If, he, if Paul George got to take his foot off the gas on offense and focus more on being like that elite defensive player that finishes because Harden needs a finisher, um, I think that would work. The question is, does do the Clippers – are the Clippers entertaining like a swap like that or would they? No, I think know? it's more – the talk's yeah. been
2: more so Pat Bev and Montrezl Harrell in a and trade <laughs> – but, but hey, there's your defense. There's your defense. If you can find a way to dump Eric Gordon in that too, and nah, get like Landry, Shamit, I the, would Clippers awesome. can't, the, the Clippers can't afford
1: to let uh, uh, not uh, Montrezl Harrell go. They, uh, they have he, to I do everything. A free agent. They can. Is he is, though. He, he is, but they, he's. I think I, he is a free agent. Yeah, but they, but they have to do everything in their power to keep that guy. Like he's, I, I know he wasn't the same when he came back to the bubble. But he was very. I like, that, I like him. That's part of the reason why they flamed out when they flamed out is because Montrezl run wasn't the same. Lou Williams wasn't the same. Like their bench was not the same, and they couldn't overcome them. Them uh, nights where Paul George and Kawhi was off because their bench wasn't there to pick them up. So he's very important to what they're trying to do.
0: Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell's a great player. Mike D'Antoni didn't give him a chance in Houston, which was one of my first red flags with Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets. Because he was great, especially when Capella went down. I, and he I gave hated up on seeing,
2: Kenneth Farid too early too. Very he similar.
0: He did. I hated seeing Trez go, I will say. And also when, when the CP3 trade was announced, I remember like Trez was a last minute add-in. And up until that point, I was like, yo, this is, this is a good trade. And then they added Trez. And I was like, damn it, that's going to hurt. But point is, if the Rockets were to trade for Chris Paul and then trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook and then come full circle and trade Russell Westbrook for Montrez Harold and Patrick Beverly again, I would be so disappointed. I've seen that show. I've seen that show. They're going to be that grind out team that gets bounced in the first or second round. Like it ain't it. Anyone thinking it's it. It ain't it. It's
1: not because Montrez is in, and somebody said it. um, I think it was when the playoffs was going on. Montrez is, A much better, like he's more valuable to the Clippers in his role coming off the bench than he would be, like, would he be the same entrees if he's starting? Like he's an energy guy. You know what I mean? Like like you 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 know you're only playing 25 minutes a game. So you can come out there and go a thousand miles an hour because you know your time is limited, versus now you're playing 34 minutes a game and you gotta pace yourself. I guess it's it's a different ball game.
2: It's true. A lot different. You brought this up, Roosh, a Twitter question though, um, that resorts back to it. There's a good chance that Russ isn't going to have enough value. The Rockets aren't going to be happy with the value, So they kind of just say, let's, we're going to tough this out. Um, Jerome shoes, um, at Jay shoes on Twitter goes, can the Rockets still be good if Russ stays? And yeah, I mean, They were good last year at a point. They went away from being good. They changed their style of play. But it all depends on Steven Silas. If the guys are going to trust him, put their faith in him, listen to him. If he can nudge Harden a little bit to move a little bit off ball, if he can nudge Westbrook to uh, move off ball and not shoot any threes, go score his points down low, play the smart basketball he was beforehand. I just don't know if that's possible for a first-year coach. Uh, Maybe John Lucas has great handles on Harden yet and gets them to trust the Steven Silas guy. I'd love to see it. I think th- there's a formula out there. I think it could work because I think all Houston's missing right now is really a big give me Nerlens Noel or something like that. But you have to play absolutely flawless with the players you have on that team in order to get them to their ceiling.
1: But I don't think they do. No, I just think they <laughs> I, I, just, I just think they need a new offensive system and a big like a Nerlens Noel. Right. Like, um,
2: can this regime do it?
1: And- I mean, that's that's the question. Like, But that's that's a player question at the end of the day. Right. Like, as, as uh, Silas Steven Silas can come in and say, okay, look, guys, we're going to run a motion offense like Golden State, right? Obviously, they've proven that it works. Uh, they shoot threes, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't neglect mid-range. They don't neglect the post. So it's like they play defense. And then they come down and run, you, run you in circles on the offensive end. You have shooters in Houston because that's how they built their team. You add a Nerlens Noel or, or, or another free agent big guy, you know, even a Derek Favors or somebody. Well, they probably can't afford yeah, Derek Favors, yeah, but uh, but you you add a Nerlens Noel or somebody to 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 that extent, you can take this same team with a better offense yep. and have success because it's about. Putting your guys in the best position for them to succeed, you're not putting your team in the best uh, position to succeed if you have Russell Westbrook standing in the corner.
2: How strong are Silas's elbows? Yeah. yeah, it's just like, look, move, motherfucker.
1: I,
0: I, I, <laughs> I, I agree with I agree with Poo. I mean, look, I've seen these guys play; they're good, right? We we live with the most like lasting memory we have, or the last sorry the last memory that we have, right? And the last yeah. memory we have is them melting down and getting bounced four one. It looked ugly. A couple of those games got out of hand. A couple of those games came down to the wire, and Daniel House didn't even play for the last three of them. Right, so it's not as lopsided as it looks. The Lakers just made them look bad in those moments. Um, and to, to Pooh's point, like they were, they got as far as they did, and they did what they did while holding some of their guys back. Right, by keeping Daniel House in the corner, um, by not using Robert Covington as a slasher, by not using Russell Westbrook as a slasher. By using Eric Gordon solely as a guy that's going to come up and pull from thirty feet, right? Not not slashing at all, no movement. So if you use these guys in different ways, they could be even better. I don't think they could get any any worse. And what they were were a second round team. Like that's still not bad. And then in addition to that, one of D'Antoni's biggest flaws was his inability and refusal to use extra players in the bench. I've seen things saying Silas is going to be the kind of guy that will probably go eight to ten deep in the regular season, and I think they need to do that. For instance, a guy that like. Rockets Twitter roasting me for this, but Damari Carroll is a veteran. Should have been playing.
1: Should have been, been playing, man.
0: I was, I was on that train from day one. I was like, yo, you got a three D guy. You don't have size, so you need scrappy six, 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 seven guys with length that can do this kind of stuff to hustle. It's exactly what he is. I even broke down a couple of video clips showing like, yo, when he gets in the game, he makes plays. Give his ass just 12 minutes. Give him something, not zero.
1: He would have been their version of Jay Crowder. Yes. What Jay Crowder was for Miami. Exactly. He, he can come in, a he can guard lesser, a bigger yeah. player. A little Liger. lesser. That's probably just because he's not been playing. <laughs> but and <bad> he, <laughs> he, he can he can guard a bigger player. He can shoot a little bit. He's um, tough. He he's tough. He's he can give you he can give you 10, 12 minutes. Easily. Like, Easily. You don't need him to play 40. You just need him to give you 10 to 12. And he could have done that. Um, but you're right. Like I, I just look at it like I don't know, I don't remember which game it was. I know it was against the Lakers in the playoffs. But Eric Gordon showed you Indiana, Eric Gordon. I, it might have been game one, the game they won. When every time they put Kyle, Kyle Kuzma on him, he roasted him. Yeah. He he took him to the rack. Like yeah. there wasn't no jump shooting. Every time he pulled up and saw Kyle Kuzma on him, he turned into to Indiana University, Eric Gordon. You need more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Yeah. You need more of that out of out of your team. And like, like you know, me and Roosh were saying, like, if you just put them in better position, they will have much more success. Like the only person who ended up maximizing his game in this system other than Harden was P.J. Tucker. Because he can't do much. So, he, so he's yeah. just focused
0: on what he could do. Kind of like when a pitcher is like, yo, I'm just throwing fastballs and like, you know. So to that point, basically, I'll, I'll put a bow on it. Let's do another question. And I'll, I'll put a bow on it by saying this, Zach, unless you got a take on it and take nope. and take it over right after this. But to the point of not putting your people in the best position to succeed, basketball, it's about a lot of things. But one of the main things it's about, aside from defense, of course, one of the main things it's about is getting easy buckets. How mm-hmm. often do you get easy buckets and how easily do you get easy buckets, right? That's why the post used to be so big. That's why LeBron has such an advantage. He could just take two, three dribbles and it's like, boom, you know? And so that's, that's why the Warriors, Steph Curry, you know, made very difficult buckets look like easy buckets. And they had so much movement that they got a lot of backdoor slips and a lot of easy buckets. The Rockets, these, la- these last four years, the version of them we've seen, the easiest bucket they get with regularity is an open three-point shot. And sometimes those things just don't drop, right? Points per like, possession. Points per possession. You know, like when you're tired in the fourth, when P.J. Tucker's been playing 38 minutes because DeMar Carroll's playing zero, That the probability of him hitting that shot in that moment drop significantly and things change. Um, and so the Rockets didn't get easy buckets. So can, can Stephen Silas retool them to, to a machine that can generate and get easy buckets? And can James Harden buy into that? Or does James Harden want to stick to what he's doing? Like That's a big, I think, component moving into next season that's going to tell us a lot about how successful they are.
2: So two other teams we didn't mention in Russell Westbrook's Dreamland. I think they're the two teams with the best Maybe a slight percentage chance of maybe a deal happening, but I only say this because Nick Wright's a big name and he brought these teams up, even though I don't think either of these teams would have interest. But the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings, I think that would be the ultimate best deals that Houston Rockets could ever get. If you could get a Malcolm Brogdon or a Victor Oladipo would be the ultimate running mate with James Harden, and they would be even better if, Then I... Might be the best players, complimentary players James Harden's ever had. Either one of them, in my opinion. Miles Um,
0: Turner and Malcolm Brogdon would be great. There you go.
2: No, it'd be
1: be unreal. But Oladipo Oladipo is going to be the one in the package, not
2: Malcolm Brogdon. I'll take take Oladipo. I agree. agree. It would be Oladipo, and I think Oladipo would be worth the flyer for sure. I think Oladipo at his percentage, whatever you say, 70% of what he's at right now is better than Westbrook. Um, I mean, the look, Rockets.
0: look. Take Oladipo if he opts out, or if, if I mean, his deal's done. If he doesn't come back, it works out perfectly. Harden will want to leave, get rid of Oladipo, blow it up, boom. Like, sure, try it. I mean, assuming that you can't get something else, I would take Oladipo and Turner. I still really Who, who's the other team?
2: The you said teams. the Kings, and it'd be sick to get Buddy Hield. If if you can get rid of Eric Gordon, though, too, Buddy Hield is unreal, man. He is like he's a sharp shooter and he's clutch. Like the Kings dude, wouldn't do that. The
1: Kings well, won't. No, they, they you know,
2: wanted the Kings hate Buddy healed man. They're yeah, done. No, I'm gonna tell you why not do done. I'm gonna tell you why the Kings won't do it.
0: Oh, because they have De'Aaron Fox. That means exactly. taking the ball
2: no, out of De'Aaron Fox's sure. hands. That's why I said I don't think they'd do it either. But like the Kings are the Kings and they king. They kind of like the Knicks, you know? They just don't <laughs> know what the hell they're doing ever. <laughs> and I think Fox could really move off ball. It would be a terrible fit. Absolutely terrible. But um he, he frankly, can't shoot either. You
1: don't want two people who can't, who can't be trusted to hit an open jumper (laughs) running together in the backcourt. Like that's not going (laughs) to work. So it's not going to work at all. uh,
0: All One more question that I don't think we've touched on from, uh, from Twitter we've answered. Can the Rockets still be good with Russ? We talked about Chris Middleton. Um, We have, we haven't discussed Harden getting traded. I don't even want to have the the first question. Jimmy
2: Chen. Hold Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the first one. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy Chen, Zaw Day. Interesting. He asks, do you think Harden is going to be on the roster on December 22nd? I say yes. Yes. Um, yes, Zach. Uh.
2: Mm, I want to go. Uh, my initial answer was no right away. Uh, I think uh, Westbrook's deal is going to be done before then. I'm going 60 40 yes. I'm going to go 60 40 yes. I think there's a good chance he's gone though. I, I'm mm. like 60 40 is really close. Before
0: uh, Harden gone before December, before the season yes, starts, Harden's gone. that means gone. he's
2: not playing a game for the Rockets this year. I truly believe that's very, I, that's I mean, not, we're, I will, it's November 12th right now. I mean, if, <laughs> if we're you see me,
0: If you want to see me wild out on Twitter, just wait for that day. The second question, <laughs> <laughs> the second question leads into that. And then let's discuss this and then we can get to wrapping it up. This is from Jedi Master at, uh, I forgot, interesting name. If Harden gets traded, where do you think he lands and what pieces come back? Zach.
2: All right. Best case scenario for the Houston Rockets. Literally, I've gone over every scenario you can think of when it comes to James Harden. He brought up three teams he wants to play for, and that's Philly, Miami, the Nets. Okay. Um, They all actually have very good pieces for Houston, but the only team that sticks out that's even remotely close to being equal value and give the Houston Rockets hope would be Ben Simmons. Um, I think that's a no brainer for both teams. Um, especially if James Harden's demanding out, I think if you can start your franchise with Ben Simmons and start building around him, let it bud. I agree. I'm,
1: I'm, I, I was just sitting here trying to scan through my mind. Cause I never even thought about James Harden, not playing for Houston this year, but
2: no, I think he wants to, I think <laughs> yeah. he down really wants to, but he wants if,
1: to if, win. If he, do, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't suit up for Houston, I, I'm, I'm with you in that uh, Philly will probably be the destination because that's the only team I see where you're going to get legitimate value for what you're giving up in James Harden. Like, you have to get a hell of a return for a James Harden. His flaws and all, he's still James Harden. So that would make sense being Daryl More, Morey's in Philly now. Um, I definitely don't see how Daryl Morey is gonna have Ben Simmons and Embiid playing together. I'm still I'm I'm waiting on that one to happen. So I can definitely see that trade going down because I Miami, they don't have any assets to give Ooh, like, don't think so.
2: No, th- I mean give I, Tyler I, I, Hero, Kendrick Nunn, um, and picks. Tyler Hero no, is a dog, no. man. Like what, what good are them picks gonna be? Not good, but I mean, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn are, and there I they I love are. Tyler
0: Hero. I love Tyler Hero. Uh, me not, too,
2: but he ain't. Nah. Yeah, he ain't nah. He ain't. Tell me this. Do you, like those, do you like those three? You like that package, or do you like uh, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared man, Allen? That's not
1: going to get it done either. That's <laughs> like, not going to get it done either,
2: man. Of, the only thing that's going to get it
1: done is Ben Simmons or Embiid, one or the other. Like,
0: you're going to have this. to give up
1: somebody like that
0: if Harden goes to Philly, straight up consider me a Sixers fan if, if Harden and Morey are in Philly. I'm going to Philly.
2: Ooh, he's putting the fandom on the line.
0: <laughs> bro, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Houston lifer and like it's like i it's, it's in my blood. I can't even when it even when I know uh, I need to get out of it, I can't, but that would send me it's over the top. What's happening,
2: bro? I'm sorry. That would
0: send me over the top. Now the thing is, I'm telling you I have no I have no credible source on this, but I'm telling you that uh Daryl Morey has probably had conversations with Harden. Under the table, like yo, oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to Philly. Like, watch out if things if things go bad. I'm trying to bring you over there. And like, I'm I'm certain that's happened. Now, Ben Simmons and I don't know what Matisse Tybalt, you know, something like that. I By think the way, ben
2: for Harden straight up, I think that's, that's
1: it. Oof. Uh,
0: if if Philly, <laughs> I, I, was I think a,
2: Philly, Philly will give them whatever they
1: want. They will, they will. That ben Harden and whoever else you want on this roster. Tobias just leave me, just leave me, be yeah, <laughs> <And we're good. laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, I
0: think that honestly, I wish that Philly was a destination for Russell Westbrook so that they <laughs> no, could try yeah. to get like Al Horford, you know, and Tybalt or something like that. But uh, I think if they were to trade Harden, I would hope for someone even a little bit better than what y'all are talking about. I would hope for the level of like Zach Levine or Brad Beal. Um, they
1: missed the, the Brad Beal boat has sailed. Um, I has mean, it? I, I think it's sailed because I'm a Wizards fan. You'd you rather know, have Bradfield than Ben Simmons. Okay. Oh, I, assume, wow, you're, I assume
0: you're a Hornets fan. My bad.
1: No, 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 no. I'm a Wizards fan. Um, I think – I don't think – I think if that trade – because you remember there was a deal on the table that the Wizards nixed um, that would have been Brad Bill for Harden from Oklahoma City. And oh. the Wizards didn't want to do the deal. And now I think it's too late because you have a John Wall coming back from injury and – Bill fits with Wall, like because Bill he's a secondary ball handler. Well, does Bill fit?
0: F- does Bill fit with Russell Westbrook? Because maybe we could swap Bill John Fence Wall for Russell Westbrook.
1: Anybody, I, I mean, I mean, if he if he fits with if he fits with John Wall, he fits he's with Russell Westbrook. Sure.
0: I'm saying like,
2: sure. hey, I'm, same, I'm same. throwing out
0: the idea of trading Westbrook for for John Wall. Is that even a possibility,
2: Zach? Uh, Westbrook for John Wall, if I mean the money match. That, that, that's that, no, that that that's for be straight sure. up. For sure so possible, but man, <laughs> that's ugly. That's, that's ugly. Hey, John Wall these
0: up. John Wall these up and John Wall has more like method to his madness. Russ he is D's really up. Just like a,
1: he these up, man. And his jump and his jump shot looks better. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I've been seeing videos. He shoots on the way up now, not on the way down. What about
2: really? I mean what about Westbrook for Kevin Love?
0: I mean I'd do it, but I wouldn't be excited about it, and I don't think Harden would be either. You know? I don't think I don't think Westbrook would be excited
2: about it either. They're, oh <laughs> I would, I would, hell! Be, I would
0: enjoy that. Go to, go to he'll Cleveland.
2: be out there he wants to play in Cleveland.
1: He'll be out there with two other little guards than Colin Se- Sexton and that other little guard they got out there, <laughs> The Garland. That's yeah, what, yeah. I don't I don't think he'll be too happy about that either.
0: Hey, we just we just talked to uh, Colin Sexton on the show last week. Um, that would be an interesting sick next to Arden. No, nah, nah, But we're talking about Westbrook. I know it wouldn't it wouldn't work next to Westbrook. I think, yeah, every,
2: I, I think Sexton works next to just about anybody.
0: They're just undersized I,
1: guards. I, I would, I would like, uh, I would, I would like Kevin Love. I would like that Kevin Love and Houston fit though. I think that'll help them out. That'll alleviate some. Um, at least you know he's going to
2: rebound. He's not going to play defense,
1: but he he's going to gonna
2: rebound. Yeah, right. He's going to rebound, pass, and get you some points. Him so. and Russ are tight from their UCLA days, day, so I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Kevin um, play. Like I always thought about this play with Russ and. James and Houston. Uh, but, I mean, that'd be a pretty bad defensive lineup, too. Um, I'm, I'm honestly
0: not sold that Westbrook's leaving or being traded, by the way. I, I'm just – because he doesn't have leverage. We didn't really touch on no. this, but he, he has yeah, no leverage. Nah,
2: he what There's percentage no do you think he's gone? Because I'm
0: going to 80. I think it's 50-50 right now. Because wow. Houston, ha- Houston has to make the deal. And, rap- yo, that's going to be Raphael Stone, who? UGM's first move. Yeah, so? who? It's going to be his first I'm, move. He's got a so, negative.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 as well. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm honest with you, man. The only place I see Westbrook being able to go is New York. Man, New York, is, I don't even – it's too much yeah, money for Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah got, I, I, I say New York because he still has three years left on that deal. So – or oh, three seasons left on that deal. So
2: I just, I just think don't – uh, I don't
1: see anybody willing to take that gamble on a player that's clearly declining and can't shoot, and you're going to be paying him 40-something million for three seasons?
0: That last season that's a player option is 40, I think it's 47 mil. And (laughs) and we
1: all know he's not opting out of that. No. So, So it's just, that's just a tough pill to swallow, man. Like, the only thing, it's either New York or you're swapping him for like a John Wall, which you're getting back questionable goods. Like, you don't even know what John Wall you're getting, he's coming off one of the worst, if not the worst, injury for an athlete, the Achilles tear. And yeah. while Kevin Durant still can shoot, so he may not be the athlete he was, but he's still going to be able to shoot. John Wall ain't Kevin Durant. Yeah,
0: John Wall <laughs> so relies on the explosiveness.
1: He, he relies on the explosiveness. So unless you're trading for damaged goods, and I hate to call Wall that because that's my guy, that's my team. <laughs> But unless you're trading for damaged goods or you're trading with the Knicks for whatever you can get just to get Russell Westbrook wow. off the books, I don't see no other team. I would be shocked and surprised, but I don't. I do see not no want to other see Westbrook team. go
2: out like this. I, I'm a look, big Westbrook guy. I like him. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't see no other team. To I think he's got two or three good years left. It's just that 447. Because you 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 know why?
1: Like, people don't want to talk about it. But, do you know why the only reason why they was able to get rid of Chris Paul? Because uh, they took back...
2: His, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's contract. Because they, they, they,
1: they, they took back a player that was, in all things considered, a worse right. player than Chris Paul. But Chris Paul was able to get moved because Chris Paul has shown an ability to lead. Now, the way he leads might rub off after two, three seasons. Right. You know, it, it may go from leading to now I want to punch you in the face. But he still is known as a leader, whereas Russell Westbrook isn't. So, and, you know, you 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 have that thing like, yo, I'm going to give up the farm essentially because you got to match the money. If nothing, if Houston isn't even about assets, they just want to get him off the books. You have to match the money. And that's for sure. $41 million you have to match. I don't that's think I'm going to get all
2: money. the way there. I think they just got to come up with like 25, 30 and then. They can get in the luxury a little bit, but that's that's still a lot. That's still a
0: lot. Final takes um, on where the Rockets will be um, come December 22nd. We will start with new friend of the show, Big Poo. Take it away.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Come December 22nd, unless Russell Westbrook is in the New York Knicks uniform, the, the Rockets will be running back with the same team they had just with a different coach and hopefully a big man like a Nerlens Noel or somebody to to that effect. Uh, but I, I really truly it's 50 50 for them for me seeing them running it back with the team that they had in the playoffs, unless Russell Westbrook is a New York Nick, and then they're still going to be similar to the team. They had in the playoffs. So that's, okay. that's where I see Houston at. That's
2: fair. Zach? Um, Me, I think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Russ is going to be for sure gone. Um, I'm not going to say Harden's gone all the way, but, um, I think there's New York's probably the best, most likely. I just hate it for Houston side of it. I wouldn't do it unless you're getting Mitchell Robinson. Then I love it. Absolutely love it. And I still think the Knicks should do it if you, if it's Mitchell Robinson on the table and, um, find a way to trade up from eight to one, get James Wiseman, um, that would be awesome to fill Mitchell Robinson's shoes. Cause Minnesota I'll take, I'll take anything depth and to get back a little bit in the draft. Uh, Zach is a
0: Minnesota uh, fan, by the way, diehard Minnesota no.
2: fan. Ah. Uh, but uh, I think Russ could be Orlando or Charlotte as well. I think there was a place are very likely. Um, I just pray Houston can get some sort of assets. So it's a decision for Harden, not just a demand. I'd like to see, I hate when star players leave, I really do in general, Um, unless they're forming a super team that's going to be extremely fun, then I get excited about it, Uh, but I'm a pretty loyal guy and I'd like to see Harden stick it out as long as possible.
0: Well, I think I'm with Poo on this one. I I think, I just don't think Westbrook has leverage to force it the way he thinks he is. Um, I think that there's no downside to keeping him because I think that keeps Harden happy, at least somewhat, because it's his friend that, you know, they don't like beef, right? Um, and I think that Raphael Stone, who? Raphael Stone as the new Rockets but GM damn. is going to have his hands full making his first deal be like cool. a blockbuster like that. So I think they're gonna be conservative. And if they don't get something that, you know, Tillman Tita is the kind of guy, not a fan of him. He's the kind of guy that's looking for like a banger, you know, he's looking for like that that hot, sizzling, flashy move, the blockbuster. And so oh, yeah, man. I, I yeah, exactly. I think it's gonna be a disappointment for him to see that the returns are not blockbuster the returns are probably like poo and going to be damaged goods <clears throat> and i don't think he's going to you know take that so i think they run it back i think they try to use the mid level exception um you know to to find some additional talent i think they try to bring jeff green back on a minimum deal if he's open to it and i think they re- they run it back so we'll wrap They can it always there. bring oh.
1: they can always bring Dwight Howard back he's a different guy <laughs> now he knows <laughs> he knows how to play a role now He's a champion. He has something Westbrook don't have. <laughs> hey, if
0: he willing, has a ring, if he's willing to run that pick and roll all day, I w- I would take it. But I just know he's not. Give me a
2: baka. Like... Give me a baka. <laughs>
0: Too Dream. much money.
2: Too much yeah. money.
0: Yeah, we can't afford him. I wish, but with that, we will wrap. Uh, big thanks to new friend of the show, Big Pooh of the Almighty Little Brother. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your man, time. Thank
1: y'all for having me, man. It's been it's been awesome. It's been fantastic.
2: We're gonna have yes to sir. have you back on and talk wizards here. We'll do a wizard. Anytime, preview.
1: baby. Anytime. Yeah. I'm ready. So,
2: so sharpen up on that draft knowledge, because that's what they're what's coming for them. I've been studying. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. There you go. We'll, we'll be bringing you back here soon. Take care, man. See ya. All right. Y'all do the same. All right. Thank you.